the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. As we reported at the end of the second hour of the show, it looks like the vote on the health care bill will be delayed. Just as it looks like Mitch McConnell's announcement of the delay of the health care bill vote will be delayed. (laughs) Oh, D.C., you're too much. You're too much. Just, you know, we're going to we're going to delay the bill. Just put out a press release. Again, this is all about ceremony and not about policy. This just makes my argument that we ended the hour with last hour. All these guys care about is camera time. It's like they're members of the White House press pool. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. The White House press pool. Jim Acosta still still got his his drawers in a bunch after uh, after not having the cameras on again yesterday. And today, whenever CNN announces that we're going to have a White House press briefing soon, they announce, and for the first time in a week... We will have cameras present. Oh, thank God. Thank God Jim Acosta won't have put on his makeup for no reason today. Thank God CNN's George Clooney stunt double won't have wasted his time in hair and makeup today. Really? Just, it's, it's so idiotic. And speaking of idiotic, you know, I... I didn't need any help getting pushed over the edge today into the into the crazy zone. But my friend and colleague, Kate Scanlon, has done so. And it has nothing to do with another dumb Harry Potter reference. It has everything to do with with something even crazier. You know, we talk about a female president in this country, and I I think there are many women who are are brilliant enough, strong enough, vital enough to handle the job of president of the United States. Many. Carly Fiorina comes to mind, as a matter of fact, as one such person. But then when Cosmopolitan magazine puts out a list of seven women who could be our first female president, I think, okay, let's see what Cosmo has done. Let's see. Let's see if Carly made the list. Let's see if my my governmental crush, Nikki Haley, the UN ambassador, could make the list. Yeah, I think she certainly has a great grasp of how to run things. She was a great governor in South Carolina. She handled some pretty touchy situations with uh, the Confederate flag issue. And in the UN, I think she's done really well. But uh, surely, surely that uh, that list of seven women who could be our first female president must include maybe Carly Fiorina. And it certainly has to include Nikki Haley, right? Well, let's look, shall we? And I'm betting it's got Hillary Clinton, right? Because she almost was, right? She was almost there. If she'd only persisted, oops. Seven women who could be our first female president. Thank you, Cosmopolitan magazine. 
Uh, they named one of them Kirsten Gillibrand, the junior senator from New York State. She's the one who's been dropping F-bombs everywhere she goes lately. And I've ridden the train from New York to Delaware with Senator Gillibrand, sat across from the senator for an hour and a half and had a lovely chat. She didn't use the F-word once, but she treated her staff well. And I thought, you know, interesting person, smart, not a dummy, just liberal. The second person on the Cosmo list, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has been in office uh, just a couple of months. California senator, former attorney general, California. They've already named her as a presidential possible. She, she's got presidential timber. Come on now. She's a dolt. Absolute dolt. And then, of course, no list of females running for the White House would be complete without Elizabeth Warren. I could spend an hour clearing the air about Elizabeth Warren. Nevertheless, she persisted. Elizabeth Warren is probably uh, the most dangerous female in the Democratic Party to me. The most dangerous female. And it's not just because she actually can peel paint with the shrill voice when she gets going. But she's, she's capable of rallying older and younger progressives. And she knows how to put the, the buzzwords together, talking about saving the middle class. It's only the fact that she's so closely aligned to Bernie Sanders and the socialism that I think she will never be president of the United States. I would love it if she would be the uh, candidate in 2020. The next person on this is Cosmopolitan's list of seven women who could be the next president or the first female president of the United States. I'm still looking for Carly Fiorina or, uh, or Nikki Haley. Why aren't they there? Or Ivanka Trump, maybe. But the next one, Amy Klobuchar, senator from Minnesota. She's not making a lot of waves out there nationally, but guess what? MSNBC seems to be giving her a whole lot of screen time. So uh, I would pay attention to that. And my question is, does she have a book out? Because they, if they're going to run for the White House, they have to have a book out. The next one, the next three, I think, are actual real possibilities. They don't, again, no sign of Nikki Haley, no sign of Carly Fiorina. Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth is, I think, the Democrats' secret weapon. If she's not a presidential candidate, I guarantee you this would be an incredible vice presidential candidate as well. Tammy Duckworth served this nation. She's a veteran. She lost both of her legs in Iraq. She was in a helicopter that was shot down. She lost both of her legs. She's a mom. She's multicultural. Her mom is Thai and Chinese. And in that same combination, they have an ancestor on her father's side 
who fought in the American Revolution. And and this is also pretty cool about Tammy Duckworth. She's a great speaker. I think the Democrats would be very smart to start putting Tammy Duckworth through candidate school as soon as possible. I'm not trying to help them out. I know some of you are going to go, Mike, what are you doing? Look, it's in Cosmo. That means every liberal female is reading it and half of the liberal guys are reading it so they can figure out how to, how to, how to perform well in the boudoir because that's what's in Cosmo aside from this silly list. Tammy Duckworth, one of the seven women that Cosmo has said could become the first female president. Again, missing from this list, not a single Republican. Also missing, uh, Jill Stein didn't seem to make it either, did she? The, the Green candidate didn't make it in there. The last two on the Cosmo list, no shock, Sheryl Sandberg. Sheryl Sandberg, Chief Operating Officer of Facebook. I have uh, stood in the same room as Sheryl Sandberg, shook her hand, said hello to her. She looks you in the eye when she talks to you. She would have been possibly in the Clinton administration had Hillary won. She's very successful. She doesn't need to work for a living. Pretty sure. She says, not interested. Sorry. And maybe she's playing, playing the honesty card here because, frankly, uh, she's, had, she's had a difficult life lately. She's had some personal tragedies, the loss of a husband. So Sheryl Sandberg, um, an interesting pick. But, um, Cosmo, I think you would have been better served putting Carly Fiorina or Nikki Haley in there. And, of course, the perennial addition to this list. I know what you're thinking, Hillary Clinton. No, Hillary's not on the list. Do you think she's pissed? Do you think Hillary is not happy about not making the Cosmo list of the seven women who could become the first president of the United States? Oh, you betcha she is. Why isn't she on the list? Is she too old? Cosmo? Did she commit the mortal sin of living too long? No, the seventh name on the list is the one that uh, obviously gets thrown on every list. Every time someone mentions a female president, it's Oprah. Somebody that, uh, that could win based just on her TVQ, her Q scores, her likability. And Oprah said it's never going to happen. And you have to wonder why is it never going to happen? Now, Trump, Trump kind of said he'd never do it, but Trump flirted with it a little bit. Oprah has said, has said things about running, but never really seriously. She's got enough money. But I, I'm telling you, the rumor mill on Oprah and her personal life would probably be the biggest thing that she would have to get past. And Oprah, I don't think, wants to go through that. She already gets enough questions about her personal life. Like, has anyone seen Stedman? I'm just saying. Get Gail King on the phone and ask her if she's seen Stedman. But no. Uh, so for, for your seven, seven names, Cosmo, your seven names of women who could be our first female president, well, first of all, you get major points taken off for having no, no mention at all of any conservative candidates. 
And second, <sighs> Oprah, really? Sheryl Sandberg? I guess you got to put billionaires in there because Donald Trump won. But I, I would tell you, if I were handicapping this race right now based on these candidates, I would put at the very top one or two, Tammy Duckworth, and you know Elizabeth Warren's going to be there. But ultimately, and I think Cosmo gets this more than anybody, you have to have a telegenic candidate. I know it's shallow to say that, but anyone, anyone debate that with me? I think you're, you're looking at Kamala Harris and then Tammy Duckworth, and we'll go from there. But we'll see. Meet me here in uh, 2019 when, when the campaigns are in full swing, and we'll see if I got any of this right. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Do you want to know? Do you want to know why we, the people, are so ticked off, so disillusioned with government? Do you want to know why Donald Trump's in the White House? Look no further than what's happened in the last 30 minutes, maybe the last 45 minutes, when word leaked out and leaked intentionally that. the healthcare bill was going to be delayed. The vote was not going to happen this week that Mitch McConnell wanted some changes to the bill and he wanted the CBO to have another chance to rescore the bill and that we weren't going to have the vote. Okay. I've gotten, um, I'm looking at my smartphone right now because when news breaks, it hits your smartphone in a matter of minutes and I'm scrolling through the, Oh yeah, there's one, two, three, four, five different, Uh, announcements, the most recent 20 minutes ago from CNN. So 20 minutes ago, just after the top of the hour, CNN hit the digital message button to all of the subscribers. So that was 20 minutes ago, saying Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the health care bill needs work. There will be no vote this week, sources say. Boom, the New York Times, 23 minutes ago. Mitch McConnell was forced to postpone a vote on the Senate health care bill as he faced increasing opposition from his own party. Boom. We knew that. So why are we wasting time with this announcement that's going to tell us what we already know, give us no additional information, and it's just taking up the time and sucking the life out of all of us? Just put out a note. We'll be back. We'll tell you what we're doing. Hang tight. And I'm sure a lot of these people are asking, does that mean we have to stay around till Friday? Can I go home now? Do we do we really need to stick around? If we're not voting Thursday, can I I can get a better rate to get home to my district if I don't wait till Friday? You know, that's what they're doing because they don't care about you and me. They don't. There's a handful of them who are saying we're sticking to our guns. And, you know, I I think this attack 
that the GOP, the GOP had this attack on itself. I'm talking about Senator Heller from Nevada, the guy who was attacked by the pro-Trump super PAC. And, and they were running ads against him, basically saying he's not going to support us. So we're going to go after him. We're going to primary him. Really? We're going to do that to our own party? Apparently, the president has called the Republican senators to the White House today at four o'clock. I don't think he's invited the uh, Democrats yet, but he's invited the Republican senators to join him at four o'clock today. And I would love to be a fly on the wall. And based on the leaks in the White House, I'm sure we'll know exactly what's going on. But guys like Heller and Johnson and uh, Collins and, and Rand Paul making sure this, this bill, which really was Obamacare light and didn't accomplish what the, those people were elected to accomplish. It's, it's currently, uh, well, it's moved from, uh, what, what did they, they kind of were positive earlier in the week. Sunday and, and, and Monday, it sounded like these guys were thinking, well, maybe we can get to 50. And Mike Pence will come in and ride on in and, and break the tie. Now it looks like it's, it's on life support. And uh, now one, but it must be getting close to time for, for um, McConnell to come down the hall because other senators are now bleeding out to try and take advantage of this press scrum. Marco Rubio's out there talking to press right now, and we'll see. I need to get to the other story of the day that I think is actually big news. Aside from this health care bill that you knew about, you knew it wasn't going to pass. You guys voted on the vital question yesterday. I need to get to the story about um, Bashar al-Assad. Apparently, the United States military has picked up from our monitoring, I guess it's satellite monitoring or whatever, that the air base that we hit, remember when we hit the 59 cruise missiles, slapped Assad and knocked out a bunch of his planes after the chemical attack? Well, that, that air base is back operating. It was back operating a few days later. And what we have found is it looks like they're moving equipment around as if they're getting ready to do some kind of attack, some kind of strike. And because this air base still has the capabilities to deliver some weapons with chemical agents attached to them, we're very nervous. And we're very concerned that Assad might just do that again. After all, who's stopping him? Seriously. The, the Russians have told us if, if we don't behave, they'll shoot our planes down if we go west of the Euphrates River. So when we get back, I want to talk about the fact that that we are, are now kind of hinting that if Assad even thinks about sending another chemical attack, that we're going to do something. And that seems to go against what President Trump campaigned on. That seems to fly in the face of the promises Donald Trump made. I'll play you the president's own words and give the update when we get back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. A lot going on, a lot to still try and fit in before the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo gets in here right after this show. Don't forget, don't forget, if you have pain in your knees, your back, your neck, your joints, and it's because of inflammation, there's help. There's help that works for me. It's called Relief Factor. It's all natural. I just, uh, I just took my luncheon packet. I take a, a packet of Relief Factor at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I do it three times a day. And it has reduced the inflammation in my joints to the point where I no longer need to take any pain medication. And it's been that way for over 11 weeks. It is really remarkable for me. And so many people I've talked to, people not only in the company, but people who listen to this radio show. Some of you even interacted on Facebook about Relief Factor. And I I wrote on Facebook, and I mean it 100%. I am a paid spokesperson, a compensated endorser of Relief Factor, but I would not be if it did not work. Try it. Get the three-week quick start pack for $19.95. Three-week quick start pack. Most people see some results in seven to ten days. I can remember the eighth day because you guys were listening to me talking about it. And it was on, on that day I stopped. I put down the bottle with the little green liquid gel caps in it. And I have not touched any kind of pain relief at all since that eighth day call relief factor 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 you you can talk to one of their people they'll help you out they'll explain it more but it's all natural it's fish oil and some spices that work together boy does it work for me go to relieffactor.com for more information or call them get the three-week quick start pack for 1995 20 bucks 800-500-8384, Relief Factor. Now, when we went away, I was talking about Syria. And this situation really troubles me because it sounds like we're getting ready to launch an attack on Syria. It sounds like we are getting ready to get deeper into this, this war, which I still think feels like a proxy war between the United States and Russia with Syria just being the playground. And if, if we are telling Syria, hey, if you guys are thinking about another chemical attack, uh, don't, then that's, that's a problem, for me anyway. And it, it seems to be a contradiction from Donald Trump. If you remember, back, uh, back in April, Donald Trump appeared on Fox Business News with Maria Bartiromo, and they were talking about North Korea. And Donald Trump brought up this point all throughout the campaign as well. He talked about not wanting to give away what we would do, you know, not announce, oh, in 30 days, we're going to be marching in and taking over Mosul. He said he preferred the surprise. And this is what he had to say about North Korea at that time. You never know, do you? You never know. 
That's all you're going to say. You know, say. I don't talk about the military. Yes. I'm not like Obama, where they talk about in four months we're raiding, we're going to hit Mosul. And in the meantime, they get ready and like you never saw. Look, they're still fighting. Mosul was supposed to last for a week, and now they've been fighting it for many months. And so many more people died. I don't want to talk about it. We are sending an armada, very powerful. We have submarines, very powerful, far more powerful than the aircraft carrier, that I can tell you. And we have the best military people on Earth. And I will say this, he is doing the wrong thing. So Trump actually kind of, he didn't say what we were, we were doing, but he was saying, look, we have ships and we have submarines, very powerful. But he has said all throughout, we don't like to announce the plans, these, these months and months and months and months of plans. And then today it comes out, hey, we're, we're warning Assad, don't do anything stupid with the chemical weapons. So are we doing something or aren't we doing something? What are we doing, sir? It really is kind of kind of crazy, kind of strange. I also promised you I was going to uh, I was going to say something or play you something from uh, Prager University, which I really think is great. Uh, I really think it's uh, a, a wonderful, a wonderful story. And it goes back in time. It kind of covers our our history lesson every day. We love to talk about history on this show. And um, th they did something at Prager University this week, which I just think is uh, a great example of how our politics have shifted. And I'll play it and stop it a little bit. But I want you to make sure you visit Prager University, Prager U on the YouTubes. Support them. They are delivering all kinds of great, great educational materials. Because, you know, when we think about great presidents, Everybody points back to, or at least in where I grew up in Chicago, there were portraits on most of the homes in the south side of Chicago that had two pictures next to each other. You had Martin Luther King Jr. and JFK. And the Democrats will always point to JFK and say, what a great president he was. But was he really? Was he more like a Democrat or a Republican? Check this out was not a Republican? The answer, John F. Kennedy. When he was elected president in 1960, Kennedy's views were considered mainstream in the Democratic Party. But while the Kennedy name is still revered by the Democrats today, the policies he espoused are not. Ronald Reagan, America's 40th president, who was a Democrat much of his life, famously said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The party left me. So, if Kennedy were alive now, which party would he belong to? Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about looking at candidates' positions? Especially a guy like Kennedy, who the Democrats have looked at as an icon for decades. But what about his policies? Where would he be today? It's impossible to know, of course, but we can compare his political positions to those of today's Democratic Party. On race... JFK disliked the idea of using racial preferences and quotas to make up for historic racism and discrimination. Today, affirmative action is Democratic Party orthodoxy. But Kennedy thought such policies were counterproductive. I don't think we can undo the past, Kennedy said. We have to do the best we can now. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine a Democrat going against affirmative action? Can you imagine a Democrat saying anything like that and still surviving even a local school board election, much less getting to the presidency? I don't think quotas are a good idea. We are too mixed, this society of ours, to begin to divide ourselves on the basis of race or color. On taxes, Kennedy was an ardent proponent of across-the-board tax cuts. What? What? This one will break the heart of all your Democratic friends. This is the one that I quote more often than not. When I talk about Democrats versus Republicans, iconic presidents like John F. Kennedy, the last Democratic president to cut taxes, Kennedy got it. The explanation is clear. Believing that more cash in the hands of all Americans, including the so-called wealthy, and a lighter footprint from the IRS would grow the economy. A tax cut means higher family income and higher business profits, Kennedy said in an address to the nation shortly before his death. Can you imagine? Almost two months before his death, Kennedy talked about putting tax cuts into effect that would mean higher family incomes, higher business profits. Just an amazing thing. But wait, there's more. Payer and his family will have more money left over after taxes for a new car, a new home, new conveniences, education, and investment. Every businessman can keep a higher percentage of his profits in his cash register or put it to work expanding or improving his business. On foreign policy, Kennedy was very firm about his red lines. Unbelievable, right? This is this is a piece that bears sitting down and playing. It's it's four and a half minutes long. It talks about Kennedy on taxes. Again, he believed in tax cuts. He believed in putting the hand, money in the hands of the individual. He talked about the, the, the lack of need for racial quotas. He talked about uh, a strong military for America. He responded to when the, the Soviets put the missiles 90 miles away from our borders in Cuba with one of the boldest moves. I can't even imagine what Barack Obama would have done if the Russians had tried to put nuclear missiles in Cuba while he was president. I know it would have involved a change of underwear. But JFK, with all of his, all of his uh, stances on things like strength through peace or peace through strength, you have strength, it brings peace. And Kennedy said... When our arms are sufficient beyond doubt, we can be certain beyond doubt that they will never be employed. Kennedy also was one of several presidents who were lifelong members of, anybody want to guess? The NRA. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, along with Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, Dwight Eisenhower, Teddy Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, and Ulysses S. Grant, believer in the Second Amendment. He talked about a, a, and, uh, citizens who were uh, ready to protect the nation, armed citizens, looking at it as a freedom as basic as anything in this country. So Kennedy would have been the guy who... Uh, 
Democrats probably would have said, if you just looked at the character of the candidate and their positions on these issues, do you think John F. Kennedy would be today considered a Republican or a Democrat? It's a pretty interesting lesson. I'll tweet out a link to it. Uh, The Prager University clips, they're five minutes of education. You get them pretty regularly, and I think they're worth supporting. But I just thought it was, especially on a day like today, when we have so much confusion between these parties, when we have so many people who all seem to be progressives at the end of the day, that we actually had a Democratic president who believed in tax cuts, freedom, strong military, a member of the NRA, so many of the things that we would cherish in a president. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, wrapping up a, a, a show that's gone a lot of different directions today. I have to get to the story about the town that elected the dog mayor for the fourth time. But I also have a story. Uh, it's popping in New York. I haven't seen this in too many other places. In the New York City Post, the Post of New York, kind of the conservative paper. Uh, is reporting that Joe Biden wanted to punch a hedge fund person named Bill Ackman, a guy he referred to as, uh, quote, a wise ass, close quote, at a, um, a dinner in Las Vegas. Apparently, the former VP actually put a fist up to the billionaire after they got into a little uh, exchange at a VIP dinner. Details are just coming out. This happened last month. Witnesses said at the end of the dinner, Biden made a fist and held it up to Ackman's face and said, if I could, I'd punch you in the face. And initially there was a rumor that maybe Ackman made a comment about Biden's late son, Bo, and no, that isn't the case. It happened apparently when Biden was asked to comment on Trump and the vice president, the former vice president said, I'm going to have to be careful what I say about him. And the billionaire hedge fund guy goes, after all these years, why start now? Which is a great, great answer as far as I'm concerned. And that's when it got a little testy. And uh, Biden reportedly said something like, I'd like to knock this guy on his ass. But it was apparently taken in jest. I don't know. And then apparently one source said Biden asked Who is this a-hole? Only he completed the word. So uh, we'll see. Maybe Joe Biden's throwing his hat back in the ring for 2020. So Cosmo, calm down about all those women you're trying to elect. Joe Biden may want a shot. And as far as the dog goes, Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Yeah, there's a town in Kentucky called Rabbit Hash. If you drive through it, don't blink. But Rabbit Hash, Kentucky has elected a dog, a mayor, for the fourth time. The dog beat out a cat, a chicken, a donkey, and a little boy. 
It's kind of a ceremonial position if you didn't guess. A dog as a mayor. There are some towns I think this might be an improvement. I'm just saying. Tomorrow we'll find out what happened with the Democrats who are getting caught, or with the Republicans who are getting called over to the White House tonight. I expect there's going to be some finger wagging. We'll see you here tomorrow. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.